All right, let's talk about church hurt. Now, just even saying that, some of you immediately are leaning in saying, yes, I've got that. But the very notion of putting those two words together, church hurt, is one of the biggest oxymorons that ever was. Really, the church should be the place that we go to get healed, but we have people that are coming out of the church because they were hurt there and they're looking for healing outside of the church. And essentially they're looking for healing outside of Jesus, which is really the painful part as we look at it. Now, today's guest, his name is Shane McDonald and he is a licensed mental health counselor. We met him at the American Association of Christian Counselors. And when he told us his story, he used to be a pastor in ministry and today he's working in the therapy world. And really he said something that fascinated us. He said that 90% of the people that he's working with, they have experienced some level of church hurt. And then he threw something else out there. He said, there's a difference between hurt and injury. And we just kind of sat there with our jaws on the floor. So take this in. Shane McDonald is a guy that has a lot of wisdom and I think that you're gonna enjoy hearing his story. Hey, welcome to the Life After Ministry podcast. Today, Noe and I are actually in Nashville, Tennessee at the American Association of Christian Counselors. Noe, say hey. Hey, what's up, everyone? There you go. And we are sitting with a very good looking man and his name is Shane McDonald. Shane, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we got to meet you here at the conference and uh, you shared a little bit of your story. Um, and it's a story of going into ministry. It's a story right. of coming out of ministry and it's a story that you're still in ministry. But let's go all the way back to the front end of that conversation, uh, you were in ministry as a youth pastor. Absolutely. So in 2008, my journey started working with you. Um, at that time, uh, the person who I credit to disciple me was a youth pastor, and he pretty much gave me the responsibility to be a youth pastor to the, to the middle school age kids. And then eventually he kind of stepped out or stepped into another position or role. And in 2010, I took over as the you pastor both middle school and mm -hmm. high school. Oh, that's wow. nice. Yeah, yeah. We call those the ankle biters or yeah, the yeah. linoleum lizards. <laughs> yeah. It's a special, it's a special yeah. gift and and, yeah, uh, and burden and blessing that Lots you get. Of pizza parties. Yeah, <laughs> pizza parties fun. I love it. Just being able to minister to the youth, and it was a unique circumstance because it was part of like a newer church plant, and our youth ministry just kind of really bloomed. I really outgrew the church, so. Um, but much of that was with you that were unchurched kids. So that mm. was like a unique experience for me and mm. a lot of my mentors at the time who had a lot of church kids or kids that grew up in church. Right. So I started attracting a lot of unchurched kids and just started having a real heart and passion to getting into their homes and ministering to the par parents. And from there, kind of birthed uh, the heart for counseling individuals and working and kind of sitting mm. down with parents and students and student athletes and so forth. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize how much of pastoring is really just counseling and yeah, being people no, absolutely. in the midst of painful, hard yes, situations. absolutely. So you're not doing that anymore. Nope. No more pizza parties, just at home. No more pizza party. <laughs> yeah. So what, what was the, that factor that kind of pulled you out of doing vocational ministry as a youth yeah. pastor? So I was four-time youth pastoring from 2010 to 2015. At that time, I was working on my bachelor's. Um, and that was more in like social services. I knew I wanted to be in a helping profession, 
I honestly thought that youth ministry was my life. Like, mm. if anyone told me at that time, like, oh, it's a stepping stone for senior pastor. And I had so many people like, you're going to be a senior pastor. And, uh, and I'm like, no, I'm going to be a youth pastor for the rest of my yeah. life. Like, because uh -huh. I was so passionate with the youth and everything. But 2015 came yeah. after I graduated with my bachelor's. And I started to feel the call to go work on my master's. So the the main thing for me in that time, I remember in 2014, 15, when I was really contemplating, even with my wife, um, long term, like career, you know, even though I always thought it would be in ministry um, inside like the four walls that is like church. I really started feeling called more to the clinical world because I saw such a need of it when it came to working with youth and their parents, mm. um, even in the unchurched world of things. So that's why I started contemplating, do I go pastoral counseling or do I go and get my degree in clinical counseling? Mm. Um, yeah, and that's kind of where I started contemplating that. What was the transition like coming out of the church? Did you just say, hey, I'm done, I'm out? How did the church treat you, love you coming out. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I definitely had certain expectations put on me as far as like being, as you know, one day a senior pastor. Like I said, I think the youth pastor position or role is usually thought of as that stepping stone. Mm -hmm. So it was challenging at first because I had, you know, some mentors that was like, no, you know, whatever you feel led a call, you know, to do, that's important, you know, to really think about it, pray about it. Then I had, you know, other mentors or even congregation members that felt, no, you need to stay in the four walls. Don't go out there in the clinical world. It's crazy. It's a mess. Mm -hmm. um, so that really created a lot of challenges and like conflicting, you know, interests for me, um, particularly because at that time it was pretty much like a full time you pastor at that time. So pretty much, you know, one thing I encourage, you know, that I found on my journey is there's a difference from going into, you know, whether it's the helping profession, medical profession, corporate America, whatever the case may be. Um, and particularly when you're in ministry, there's a difference from going to one of those different professions and being sent. And that's where I really drew mm -hmm. the line of feeling like, no, God is sending me into the clinical practice and integrating wow. spiritual wisdom and Christian truths and things that really, you know, amongst my colleagues from whether it's secular colleges or whatnot, don't really have that holistic approach. They say holistic, but, you know, the spirituality component to yeah. it is left out a lot of times. So I felt sent, you know, and I encourage, you know, if you're contemplating, it could be an engineer, construction, I don't care what it is. You're not really leaving ministry. You're just being sent to a different yes. ministry, a capacity to engage with people. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, said a mouthful. Yeah, no, it's great. And then you can still be true to the different parts of who you are. Yes. You can still include your spirituality and your love of God and right, but also do this new thing that you wanted to do a more absolutely. clinical and, and psychological healthy. Yeah, so. absolutely. So even at, like in the clinical world, you know, I see it still as a ministry, you know, God's called me to, um, yeah, I'm connecting with people that if I stayed in ministry or inside the four walls of ministry, I would never had the opportunity to really connect to, or maybe those in ministry doesn't have the opportunity to sit with and connect to, I get that opportunity, right? And it's challenging at times being, you know, even as a clinician or as a clinical therapist, I am a Christian, but I do journey with believers and unbelievers alike. Mm -hmm. But whether I share the gospel overtly, meaning, you know, out and openly to a believer or covertly, a lot of times in sessions, just, you know, administering God's grace, love, um, kindness, 
You know, mm -hmm. I've seen God, even in sessions, save people who did not want to be yeah. saved and really come around and just experiencing his kindness, even not really being talked about God, you know, this is the gospel. And then maybe, you know, a month or two later after a consult where it was like, I don't want to talk spirituality. And then, you know, two months or three months later, there's so many clients that come in, oh, I went to church this week. And, you know, so yeah. sometimes I see it as a way to, you know, really bridge the gap and help people grow mentally, emotionally, physically, but then it piques their interest spiritually, right? So that's that's been an exciting part of my journey yeah. in the it's, clinical world. It sounds a lot like Jesus and the Gospels yeah. and both yeah. both reaching the, the the people that believe and then reaching Absolutely. the ones that are doubting or right. that that yeah. aren't in the church and, right. and Jesus did both. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And the question we ask a lot of times on here is, is there life after ministry? And undoubtedly, yes. <laughs> we say, is it any good? Yeah. And it seems like it is. You're doing Absolutely. really well. And we even ask, is there ministry after ministry? Yeah. What do you say to somebody who is in a place where uh, you were not in a place, even though you were with junior hires, you were not struggling. Mm -hmm. You were you were enjoying it. You oh, felt yeah, a calling. Um, but God was calling you to something else. Mm -hmm. um, how does somebody who is in that place, wherever, whatever, you know, place on the spectrum of like mm -hmm. ministry is miserable for them right yeah. now and they need to get out because it's toxic or right. they're not feeling called. So they're really enjoying it like you. How, mm -hmm. how do you gauge that discernment? What do you tell somebody in that spot? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I think of like, again, going back to my own personal journey, you know, I think, you know, as you kind of put aside your own selfish desires and needs, because it was a little pride and ego for me where it's like, oh, here I'm accepted, I have significance. Mm. Now I'm going into a world that, you know, um, yeah, you know, much of the titles of the mm -hmm. respect the thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it, yeah, you start from the bottom pretty much. But I think taking delight in just that journey is important. And you, you would know because like for me, I started growing a desire and once I started growing that desire and seeing that, you know, I'm not necessarily leaving ministry, but this is just another capacity of doing ministry, um, that translated into like this personal responsibility, where it's like, I am devoting my time to my master's degree and I had to step away from youth ministry. And it really was encouraging for me. And yes, support is important and mentors and, you know, in that way, but I think it's more of a, um, yeah, desire, you have to grow that translates to responsibility of asserting what you want or what you feel God is leading you or sending you to. And I think that that is very, very important because if you put the responsibility on others to tell you or give you permission, that can be challenging, you know, at times too. And that can create, you know, church hurt. Again, like 90%, you know, not even not, probably 95% of Christian clients I work with in the clinical world are coming to me because of church hurt. Mm. You know? Whoa, <laughs> yeah. say that again. Is that, is that real? Yeah, that is absolutely real. So I didn't grow up in church. I actually got saved in 2007. Um, I was 21 years old at the time. And when I started, you know, in church and pastoring or, you know, a lot of the unchurched kids' parents were once you know, grew up in church and they experienced church hurt, things like that. Now, these kids never been to church. I'm talking like I was working with kids that was 12, 14, 15 and never been to church. Mm. So when I started getting into the clinical world and I started a track because I do advertise as a Christian therapist. That's what I am. So when I started attracting a lot of clients that was leaving, you know, church or pastoral counseling and things like that, a lot of it because of past church hurt. 
And I, mm. I am not exaggerating when I say this, at least nine, nine out of 10 Christians, mm. if they've been in church long enough, experience some form of church yeah. hurt. And I think that, you know, for me, ministry wise in that setting, it's how can I help them heal of that, but also reconcile with the local body like that. That's a mm -hmm. big thing to me rather than discourage them from ever going back and don't partake like, no, how can I help you mature mentally, emotionally, spiritually, where you can go and get back involved, even in the church that may have hurt you. Sometimes it's worth going back and reconciling for the sake of community. But you're stronger now, right? It's like things that hurted me then won't hurt me no more. It's just a part of, you know, being part of a family, right? And yeah. then family, you you hurt feelings, right? My wife hurt my feelings. Sometimes I hurt husband, my kids, you know, hurt is hurt. You're gonna get that no matter where you go, whether it's in church or whether it's in corporate America, whatever the case may be. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the Emmaus Road. They, yes. they were hurting. They just yeah. lost their friends, mm -hmm. their savior. And Jesus shows up and walks with them, but yeah. they don't know that Jesus is walking with them. Right. And in a way, you're still getting to do ministry. Yeah. And you're walking with people that are hurting, broken, even Christians yeah. that no, have absolutely. felt distance from God yes. themselves. Yeah. And that the, the term that comes to mind too is it seems like for you, is it a sacred place? It sounds like a very sacred yes. place. So I that is really important to me to cultivate a safe space, but where it's sacred for them to be as vulnerable and as genuine as they can be in their thoughts and feelings. And that's really important to me, you know, even as a Christian therapist, um, you know, even with like my personal local body, I do a lot of what I call pastoral counseling. And I kind of separate them from clinical with, you know, Christian men and couples. Um, and really the, you know, with the clinical is so sacred to me because it's like, is a place or a person you can sit with that I'm not trying to do life on life with you, right? We're not gonna go hang out. We're not gonna, you know, get your wife and we're gonna go and enjoy dinner. Like, so this right. is a place where you can just be raw and open mm -hmm. and honest. If you mad, be mad. Yes. If you sad, be sad. Like, yes. you know, use whatever language you need to use to express and then we can heal and work through because you don't get to do that outside that space. Yeah. where you're not offending people or people getting defensive yep. and then you just don't mm -hmm. feel hurt. Yeah. And then, or people spiritualize away your problems. No, you're blessed and highly favored. It's like, no, if you don't feel like, let's talk about that, yeah. you know? Wow. I, I, I want to hang out with you. <laughs> Man, it's so good. You have such depth. And I, I, I feel like I should, I should know more. I, I should know better than to like, I'm shocked by the statistic mm -hmm. that there's so many people. And I, I'm almost thinking to myself, well, man, if, if the church is hurting so many people and we shouldn't let yeah. people go to church. But then I thought for a second, also people are coming out of family systems and right. their families hurting them. Right. And yeah. that doesn't mean that you can't be a part of family. Right. Um, right. So, and we love, yes. we're big church lovers. We love the church. Yes. We want to see her be radiant. Like, right. like Jesus calls her to Absolutely. be, and we know that that's how the story ends, but Man, that road from where we're at now to yeah. where we need to be. I love the reconciliation. I yeah. love the work that you're doing. To It's really calling those who've left um, back home. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because like you said, we, we get hurt in family all the time, but we don't forsake, you know, Thanksgiving or holiday days or celebrating right. each other. You know, that at some point we understand we're just family and we got to work through this. And that's, that's an important part of my ministry in the clinical world and particularly with Christians, is to make them feel safe again, but then they go back and be able to take what they learn and their maturity and really, you know, love their leaders and love leaders, mm -hmm. you know, 
but also love and, and kind of look for the same church hurts that it's just hurt. You know, I think for me, I separate hurt and injury. So mm. what people call church hurt is literally that. It's just hurt, meaning you need to find a way to work through that. My son plays sports. I love sports. And I, I have a lot of student professional athletes who has clients. And one thing I told my son when he started playing football, you're going to get hurt. That could be your mm. finger stepped on. Wow. You could get a cut, an owie, turf burn. And you're going to get hurt. When you get hurt, you better not come out the game. Because it, it's like, yes. no, that's where toughness and character is built, right? Yep. Because, again, it's, it's football. You know, whether you play basketball, you're going to get an elbow. That's hurt. You got to learn to play through that. Because in mm -hmm. life, you're going to get hurt. In marriage, you're going to get your feelings hurt. Like, yes. you got to learn to play through that. And, Injuries and heal. is different. And heal, yes. Injuries are different. When you're injured, if you're dizzy, if you sprained your ankle, if you break an arm, you got to get out the yeah, game. Yeah, like, it's a timeout. Yeah, out. That, it don't make yep. you bigger or better because I'm in there and playing with a sprained ankle. Like, no, wow. or I'm dizzy. Like, you might have got a concussion. Get out the game. Like, you don't need permission to get out to heal of that. So what I find in, from my experience, especially not being brought up in the church, is a lot of people leave for church hurt, and it's like, nah, you, you got to go back and reconcile like that. If you if that hurt was that painful, yes, you need a heal of it. Yes, you need to maybe learn, mm -hmm. you know, confrontational skills and things like that. But you got to get back in there. And you got to learn to heal and work through that because you're going to get that no matter where you go. Where you go. If yep. you're there long enough, you're going to experience hurt. Mm -hmm. Now, injury is different. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, sat with a lot of clients that has been injured. I mean, like very toxic right. leadership situations. Or like abuse. Or... Yeah, even like spiritual abuse. Yeah. Or spiritual manipulation and you know I couldn't ever do an anniversary because my pastor said that would be defiant to him and you need to be here for this conference even though it fell on my I mean just things that are just very mm -hmm. toxic and when it's injuring you got to get out you just mm -hmm. got to get out it don't yep. make you bigger or better because you're like loyal to something that's very toxic yeah. or a toxic person or leader mm -hmm. but yeah I think a lot of times it's just hurt you know that's why I say a majority of clients experience but there is, you know, a percentage of clients, and this is just my percentage of what I see. I mean, there's about 10% of clients, nine out of 10 clients, one of them may have experienced some injury, like a very toxic, I mean, mm -hmm. sexual traumas in the church and things like that. Like, you got to right. get out. Yeah, yep. that, that's yeah. not safe to even go back and reconcile. Yes, you need to forgive, right. but you don't have to go back and reconcile, you know, mm -hmm. with someone that, you know, um, you know, cause her injuries to you in that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, does that make sense? Wow. Like the separation? Dude, this, so it's, I'm, I'm it's sitting kinda... and learning, and I feel like I had a great session yeah. here for myself. Yeah. These are nuggets, yeah. gold nuggets. Thank Shane you. McDonald, if somebody wants to connect with you and find you, how do they do that? Yeah, so they can reach me on my website. I have, it's at shanemmcdonald.com. Shane M, meaning Michael, McDonald.com. Yeah. Um, I also could be reached at my email at counseling at ShaneMcDonald.com. And I'm located in Orlando, Florida. Um, I, I'm a licensed mental health therapist in Florida, but I also do a lot of life coaching, emotional IQ coaching, leadership building um, across the nation. Mm, and we'll put all that in wow. the notes. And so if you're interested, I know I want to talk to Oof, him again. This is great. <laughs> it's we might stuff. need a part two. Yeah, yeah well, Thank absolutely. you for sharing. Thanks for yeah, being absolutely. here and uh, for the good work that you're doing. I appreciate it. Thank you all both. Yeah, bless you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Life After Ministry podcast. If you are navigating a ministry transition or you're in a ministry leadership role and you see a change on the horizon, 
The worst thing you could do is do this alone. We have two Facebook groups that are designed just for you. One is called Life After Ministry, and it's a group that offers community and support for those who are in transition. The other one is called The Elder Hub, and it's a resource center for ministry leaders. These communities are designed to give you insight, advice, and answers for your questions. We also have pastoraltransitions.com, and there you'll find articles on everything from messaging transition from the pulpit to what does it actually look like to become a community known by our love in every season. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. Your support helps us extend our reach and communicate this message. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Shalom.